Hey there, thanks for tuning in to another great episode of the Bonfires of Social Enterprise. This is Rami, and I have the honor of hosting. Some of you may not remember why this show has the name Bonfires of Social Enterprise. The word bonfires was used originally by our team to help social entrepreneurs understand that the bonfires represented the business enterprise portion of their organization. The warmth the bonfires put off represented the social impact for people. We still use the bonfires analogy today to discuss all the ways we social entrepreneurs tend to walk away from the fire to do more social impact, kind of not having boundaries there. We all need to remember to tend the fires so we can keep that sustainable impact growing. Now, on this episode, you'll meet Michelle Smart, and she's someone who really gets the notion of tending her fire while making a socially good impact. At the end of the episode, we're showcasing an amazing artist, Neek Love Rhodes, and you don't want to miss that one. Before we meet Michelle, let's hear from our guest, Fun Fueler, Hudson Robertson of Traverse City, Michigan. By the way, we don't help them with the research or the recording. They do it all by themselves. So what do you have for us today, Hudson? This is Hudson Robertson from Traverse City, Michigan, and I am bringing you the fun feel for this episode. A caterpillar spends most of its life crawling on and eating its food source. When it's time to become an adult, the caterpillar starts to wander away from what they've been eating. The caterpillar makes a simple silk pad on the underside of a branch or twig. It uses a hook-covered appendage called the craymaster to attach itself to its pad. It twists around and digs in its craymaster firmly into the silk so it can hang. Then it sheds its skin, revealing the chrysalis. In first grade, we studied the process, and the caterpillars all made their spots on the top of the cage so that when it was time for the butterfly to come out, it would use its wings right away to fly. Cool. The time then from chrysalis to butterfly depends on how warm the climate is, but generally the whole process from egg to caterpillar to butterfly is about four weeks. Also, I learned that there are more than 20 butterflies in moths currently listed as endangered by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. I hope you enjoyed this fun feel. My name is Hudson Robinson. Enjoy the show. Thank you, Hudson. That was very informative. Okay, time to meet Michelle Smart. I have to tell you, the interview went quick, but I confess, I wanted to stay and hang out with her. (laughs) She is wonderful. Here's a part of my conversation with Michelle. Well, welcome to the Bonfires of Social Enterprise, Michelle. Uh, I know we've been trying to get together for a little bit to hear about your amazing business. And um, let's start by helping the listeners know what is the business of Bags to Butterflies? Bags to Butterflies is a social enterprise. We have an outreach to female returning citizens. Our mission is to reduce recidivism within our community by, by providing employment and training opportunities for women returning home from prison. Wow. Now, is there any um, time frame that you take that they've been in prison, or is it just really any time they've spent there? 
the women, some of the women have been incarcerated for over 30 years and we take all of them. Um, our goal is to provide employment immediately upon being released from prison, just so that they know that when they come home, they have employment. So that's one less thing for them to think about. How did you uh, both come up with the idea to make the bags. I've seen the bags. I want to put some pictures actually of your bags on our, on the show notes here, but how did you both come up with the idea to hire that group of women and make the bags? So I'm an artist at heart. I love doing creative things. And when I design the handbags, I actually designed them to um, be a part of an art show that I was planning to participate in. However, the Lord said, you know, that's not what these are meant to be. You need to do something that's going to impact lives. And around that same time, I, I learned that my best friend's daughter um, was incarcerated. She made a split-second decision that has changed her life for the next 7 to 15 years. And um, God is so good because we were able to put the, the two together. My thought was that women returning home from prison will need opportunities, and the handbags themselves represent rebuilding of one's life. So we were able to put the two together, and we just developed Bags to Butterflies. So, and the bags, uh, they're really interesting. They're made of a certain types of materials, or are they all different? Let's talk all about the bags first. Yes. <laughs> so the handbags themselves are made from reclaimed material. And then if you can imagine um, a cabinet panel, they're like a quarter-inch wood. We um, work with an organization or Habitat for Humanity, and they provide um, the back panels of, of cabinets for us, and that's how we make our handbags. Uh, we will be incorporating a new line of handbags. I don't know if I want to announce that right now, okay. but um, we are expecting to have some new handbags available using a totally different pro um, material in uh, March. Okay, gosh, how did you get the idea to, were you working with reclaimed products as an artist before? Like, how did you land on the bag specifically? You know, I, I, I have to give God the glory for this because I this is not my background, and it all just came together. I was playing around with some of the old um, the cigar box um, purses that I've seen, and I that idea. And the my, our handbags are different in the sense that they, if you can imagine a puzzle, they're built um using the same concept as a puzzle, but each piece, when the ladies are assembling them, they represent a stage of their life. So when the women are assembling the handbags, it's as if they are rebuilding their life. Wow. And so who's your primary customer that purchases the bags? We, our customers are individuals who love the arts. Our customers are individuals who want to make a difference in the lives of others. Women assembling these handbags will be employed and we will empower them to change their lives. So individuals purchasing our handbags will be helping us with our mission of reducing recidivism within our community. Recidivism, that's always, I get so tongue-tied on that word. But Michelle, would you define that as that's, preventing or is the act of recidivism somebody who returns to prison so recidivism is when someone comes out of the system and they end up going back in exactly. would that be correct okay just for folks that might not be live in the u.s they might not define that so then did you start hiring the women right away or what was the genesis of the business? I think most of us 
small business owners love to hear the journey of another business person's story. Yeah, it has been a wonderful journey. So our first initiative was people giving to people so they can give to others. The ladies came out, we met at a local church, um, they assembled handbags that were donated to an organization that uh, provides financial assistance to women with breast cancer. So you have returning citizens, women who were incarcerated doing something really good to help cancer patients. That was our first initiative. And and through that, we learned that the women were, what they really wanted was to be employed. So our second phase would be through the handbag project where we will train the ladies to assist with the design, the concept, and production of our handbags. And then how do you decide who you employ? Because I know as a business owner, you want to employ so many, but how do you go about deciding, identifying even, um, who you hire, and what's that process look like? We work with a couple of organizations. Um, one of the ladies, um, the organization that we work with, she is also a returning citizen. So through her organization, she uh, vets the ladies who need employment, and then she refers them to us. Our um, initial idea is to pilot with four women. We will hire them immediately upon being released from prison. We will assist them with everything from the clothing to housing, and once they get stabilized in those areas, they will be, um, they will come and they'll assist us with assembling the handbags. They'll start out with the, the assembly process, and then we will empower them to help us with the design. We'll, they'll be trained on various software programs and technologies that will empower them and, and, and help them help us with creating new handbags. Yeah, so that's, and will, is it the idea that they would stay with you long-term if that's their choice, or would they transition on to other employment? Our, ideally, we would love for them to stay with us forever, but we know that you know at some point they are going to have to, to transition to other employment. But we have um, two models that we're looking at doing. One would be the employment, and the other would be the entrepreneurship. So those who may come out of prison with a particular skill that they'd like to enhance and maybe turn into um, employment opportunities for themselves or become an entrepreneur. We're working on a program that will assist them. But ideally, we'd like them to stay, but we know at some point they, they would transition out of bags to butterflies and, and start a new career somewhere else. It's just dawning on me. Did the, how did you come up with the name of your company? Well, when you think about a butterfly and it transitions, it goes from caterpillar to butterfly state, there is a mm. transition. It has to go through metamorphosis. A lot of the women in, incarcerated, that's their metamorphosis state. They're being transformed. And when they come home, you know, we're hoping to take them to the next level so that they can complete the butterfly state. What are you noticing? Uh, you and I talked before the interview about um, when they've been in the system or in prison for a long time, oh, especially sometimes up to, as you said, 30 years, that's an enormous amount of time to be almost unplugged from all the technology that's happening. What are you finding the most difficult thing is for them to assimilate? I mean, I can't imagine what that's like. It's a very difficult transition. One of our ladies um, had been incarcerated since the age of 15. This is her second year being home. She's actually being paroled in a couple of weeks. And she defines it as being very scary. It's a scary world. She being confined 
and having people tell her what to do and how to do it and you know coming home and she's pretty much on her own and she needs guidance so she's a 45 year old woman who needs guidance in this new world this new society that she's not lived in so it's it's a very big transition for for the ladies and they they do need help and they appreciate us being there for them and but they realize that a lot of this they have to do on their own and they've been making the necessary steps to do so yeah everything you think about the internet yes i just uh, smartphones, mm -hmm. smart TVs, just everything. Yeah, everything. You think about just alone in the technology yes. category and oh goodness, you know, so that's a lot. So in terms of working, some of them do work though, I'm assuming in the, in the prison system. So showing up on time and all that is not as much of an issue. I'm certain as it might be if someone who's never worked, right? Exactly. And what we've found, even with the volunteers, they, they, are very dedicated. They want employment, they want jobs, they want opportunities, and they want an opportunity to show that they're capable of doing whatever the job is that they, they've been tasked to do. And they, you know, they're, they're very, very pleasant women is what I found. They just want the opportunities. Yeah, what do you, what makes you excited as you're watching this happen? Because that's, it's that point, I think, for us as entrepreneurs, that when it goes from vision, where you're seeing the fruit of that. For me, I, I'll, I'll give you an example. A couple of weeks ago, we took the ladies on a ski trip. And one of the ladies had, had been incarcerated 30 years. And when we turned the corner of this resort, she realized that this is where she skied as a young girl when she was 10 or 11 years old. And to see the expression on her face and the smile on her face, and she's out there skiing like she's been doing this all along, and, you know, the excitement, those are the kinds of things that, that let us know that we're doing something right and we're making a difference in her life. It's so funny because I got a, a text from her the morning of the event at 3 a.m. She said she's been up since 3 a.m. You know, with excitement because she could not wait to go to Mount Brighton, but she didn't realize it was the same place that she had skied as a young girl. Those are the kinds of things that make us happy. Oh, yeah. The celebration of life, yes. right? Yes. Oh, I wish everyone could see. She's got such joy on her face. What do you envision this, if you could dream big and not thinking about things like money or if you could let yourself dream big with what you know at this minute, what are some of the things you think about where this could go? We see Baxter Butterflies becoming a national organization. We see ourselves touching not just the U.S., but global. Uh, we're starting small, of course, but I, my vision is to take it national and impact the lives of all returning citizens across the globe. Oh, wow. That's, that's a big dream, but it can be done, Eugene. <laughs> How do you feel about Detroit as a place to start? Do you feel um, there's an ecosystem here or... People always want to know about that. Yeah, I believe so. Detroit itself is on, 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 the, on the rebound. I mean, and so just like these women, they're on the rebound. Detroit is, is at its renaissance phase. They're, they're starting fresh and new, and there's so much excitement about what's going on in the city. And we as well are excited about what these women are doing with their lives. So Detroit is a perfect place. We have a lot in common with the rebirth of what's going on in the city. Yeah. Now, you, where do you make the bags? Do you have a separate 
place or a designated place? Because a lot of entrepreneurs, I want to let the listeners know, pop up in different places and they make them wherever they can at first. But are you making them in a designated place? We have a location at a local church and they've been very good about opening their doors to us and allowing us to come in to do our assembly and creating our handbags. So we usually meet once per month. Um, They've just been really good. So we're looking to get our own home. We're looking at third quarter, having our very own space, and we'll be hopefully be able to come back and share more about that. Yeah, well, we'll definitely circle back. We'd love to hear about your journey. And, um, And then in the meantime, how would the listeners reach you? Maybe give us... Uh, your website or social media, if you have social media? Yes, we have a website. It's bags2butterflies.com. That's bags, B-A-G-S, the word two. That's T-O, butterflies.com. Our Facebook um, page is the same, bags2butterflies.com on Facebook. <laughs> I don't know if we caught that. The light, There's a lot of lightning that just happened. It might have came, come through on the recording. Well, thank you so much, and this has been wonderful. We'll come back for part two. Big thanks to Michelle. She hung in there while we did the interview during a loud thunderstorm. (laughs) If you missed any of those links due to the background noise, jump over to our site and look at the show notes for all the links to her site and other great links. Now, we have one of my very special Detroit friends, Neek Love Rhodes. She's truly amazing. I want to tell you a little bit about her before I play her song. She's a hip-hop artist, songwriter, performer, and everyday revolutionary from Detroit, Michigan. Neek believes that music serves a purpose beyond the artist, and it's meant to bring encouragement, hope, and good vibes to all that listen to it. She infuses her songs with messages of hope, unity, spirituality, and usually a call for social change. So she's an artist activist and she consistently strives to uplift people. Just be a real conduit for positive vibes, raising a collective awareness of social solutions through song. So while you can find her song on YouTube, we wanted to feature this today for your listening pleasure. Here is her song, Love Heals All. Listen, yo, I woke up this morning, a lot on my mind, if we gotta change the world, it's gotta start with God, so we gotta reach to our fellow man, to our fellow woman, y'all, it's time to take a stand, for peace and unity, let's put difference aside, let's love one another, let's swallow our pride, we're all in the struggle, so we gotta break free, gotta heal the world, fight for justice, bring harmony, when I look around the things I see, it hurts me, hatred for self and others, y'all, is killing me, women disrespecting men, believing all the lies, men do the same to women, that was causing a divide, till my Muslim people, Jews and dark Christians, get back to God, kill religious division, get back to truth, get back to love, get back to peace, your compassion is what we gotta do, cause there's war in the Middle East, war in our family homes, war in our city streets, bloodshed of our youth, cause we neglected them, didn't set examples, so our flaws that reflect on them, but there's hope, there's still redemption, we still have good inside of us, so let's give it, let's make love our number one mission, cause love heals all, so let's get to the healing.
exist simply because we have a black president. But that ain't the case because it's still overt and hidden in the system. So it's time to put in work and tear down the walls of racial division and break out the blocks of our own racial scripting. We're prisoners of our social construct, community lost because in each other we don't trust what's the love that. We got a lack of it. We see our friends succeed and then we start to covet it. So enough with it. Y'all, we gotta stop and take a look inside ourselves and search inside our hearts. Lack of love for self leaves little for the people. Don't hate your fellow man, hate the system that teach you. Take somebody just cause of the color of their skin. What neighborhood they're from or whatever crew they are in. Hate the system that teach you to hate ethnicities that are different from yours. Hate inequalities. We see an economy like systemic poverty. Hate the lives that they feed, saying who you wanna be. We gotta break free from our slave mentality. Love ourselves and others and change our reality With the radical love, let's get back to our roots Cause it's never too late to do it The truth is that there's still hope And there's still redemption We still have good inside of us, so let's give it Let's make love our number one mission Cause love heals all, so let's get to the healing Change our reality with the radical love. Let's get back to our roots, cause it's never too late to do it. The truth is that there's still hope and there's still redemption. We still have good inside of us, so let's give it. Let's make love our number one mission, cause love heals all, so let's get to the healing. Positive, spread love all day. We gotta change the world, and love is the only way. Cause love heals all. I said, love heals all.